This is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering six conversations from Season 3, Episodes 28 and 29, our preview episode and wrap-up panel from the 5th International Nash Day. This conversation consists mostly of reactions from Jorn Schottenberg, Louise Campbell, and me to Stephen Harrison's initial statement, followed by other thoughts from Stephen. The three of us are all impressed by the trial design. I observe that many of our most popular episodes have included one small window into ways to improve the clinical trial process, and that almost all those concepts are covered in this new design. This leads Stephen to describe the unparalleled amount of collaboration between sponsors, academics, regulators, pretty much the entire range of stakeholders to resolve this issue. He goes on to identify other issues, for example, disease naming, where the community is showing unparalleled collaboration. And all of this, he says, is leading to a proliferation of new research so vast, so broad in scope, that no one can keep up with all of it, not even him. There are three more points in this conversation. Bjorn raises Quentin Hansky's comments from episode 26 that we need to develop a standard set of NITs to use in evaluating the evaluation as another area where collaboration will be key. Stephen points out that we may see our first drug approval in 2023, which will add new levels of energy and resourcing to the development and education processes in NASH and NAFLD. Jorn begins to discuss his issue, which is the convergence between conferences to cover a range of issues to look past simple drug development to improve and address all the key questions from drug evaluation to clinical care pathways and interspecialty collaboration to treat patients, all the things we will need eventually to address the NASH pandemic. It was an honor and privilege for Surfing NASH to be part of the biggest day on the fatty liver calendar. Both among ourselves and working with Jeff McIntyre, we got to explore a range of big issues. Yes, with a capital B for big and I for issues. We don't always talk about it on this podcast. We all had a great time doing it, and we hope you will have a great time listening to it. So sit back, listen, enjoy, learn, and when you're done, join the dialogue on our LinkedIn discussion group. Jörn Schottenberg. By uh, introducing the second study, you kind of leap jump three or five years in that natural history of the patient group and just enroll patients that have already gone there. You know, it's not a different patient group. It's the same patients. They've progressed down the line. It's not a linear progression, we know, if you talk about the fibrosis burden. So time course can be variable. I fully agree that this is a very smart way to look at the patients down the road and dissect this or, or disconnect this difficulties we had from, you know, a slowly progressive disease to the endpoints we want to study. So I think for that, um, uh, these uh, companies uh, that are going this way um, are really helping us uh, on the way forward. Louise Campbell. Jean's right. It's not linear. Um, we want to know where we're going with patients. We want to know how we can assess them. We are moving to a time where we're going to have to use in the real world when these medications come up. Doing trials in those formats ticks most of those boxes, which is really quite nice because we're going to be able to implement that type of that trial program into real world. And I think that's the strength of what you're describing there from my perspective. Stephen, I was thinking of another great Mississippian, William Faulkner, as I was listening to you. And Faulkner's novels had all these different threads in the beginning. And in the end, they all came together. I've been thinking about the best episodes on this podcast, the ones that get the most uh, listen and the most response, either tend to be uh, conferences or other news events, FDA meetings or something, or they tend to be papers that galvanize interest. And an extraordinary number of those are all in the story, are all in this statement you just made, right? Um, the complex hepatocyte issue episode did really well. When Lena Allen comes on and talks about MRE, it does really well. The episode you did uh, with, I think, Arun last year about is, is Sanyal, about is cirrhosis the way to do drug development, uh, did really well. And 
what's so exceptional is that each of those things was a piece. And through the work that you're talking about, they all blend together and it winds up coming out as a tapestry, which is, um, I've never thought of clinical trials a work of art, but that's frighteningly close to what I think I'm hearing. Certainly a work of craft. Um, I was just amazed. Stephen Harrison. Well, I, I mean, I think there's so many major contributors to that tapestry or another way to say it is mosaic. You know, it, it's just amazing how we are really beginning to come together and work alongside each other to address these questions. You know, I think we're breaking down stovepipes, we're breaking down barriers, we're aligning. You take the NAFLD MAFLD discussion as something that is a good analogy. We are in the middle of, of a Delphi process to address the right name for this. Should we change the name? If so, what should it be? And there will be unprecedented international dialogue in July where we go through the Delphi process, we unpack it, we have a discussion about it, and we move forward on a unified front. At least that's my hope. I think we're seeing that in the drug development space. You know, Quentin was on with us, what, two weeks ago, I guess, talking about monitoring therapeutic effect of drug using NITs and really beginning to tease apart novel ways to look at that using, you know, how long has that NIT been down versus relative to the length of time they were on treatment and looking at stacked NITs, combining things like drop in ALT with drop in PDFF, change in FIB4, change in FibroScan. You know, is is one NIT change just as good as two concurrent change or three? Is that better than two, which is better than one? If you drop ALT by 17 units in the first four weeks, is that better than waiting until week 36 to drop ALT by 17 units? Or does it not really matter? I think in a lot of ways, two, three years ago, we wouldn't be having these brainstorm discussions and looking at how we can combine data and work in a unified fashion to address these, find new questions, address those, and advance the field. This is where we're seeing linear growth, Yorn. We're seeing just year after year, the number of publications in Nash that are coming out. It's unfathomable how, how we just, we've just really focused on this area and the data that's coming out. It's hard to keep up with. I mean, Yorn, this is all I do for a living is fatty liver disease, and I can't keep up with it. There you go. Um, you know, I think one important thing, Stephen, is that we are, and I, I'm reminded by the episode we had with Quentin, is that we need to define the minimum required set of NITs. If you run an HCV trial, nobody would not think about doing HCV RNA. But if you run a NASH trial, people start using different markers and technology. So I think it's, I don't see that clearly yet. And you mentioned that the optimal endpoint, or maybe there's still ongoing debate on what we're going to read out if we... Uh, leave certain readouts behind. So I think that's the most critical next step to actually agree as a field. And the way the international consortia, but also, for example, Nail and IT are looking at this is really, uh, we're going to get this done very soon and define that set of minimal required NITs. Yeah, that's another great example of where finally, you know, 2022, we have become like-minded in the sense that we want to share data. We want to mine it for what we can get out of it. And Jorn, you and I have 
discussed this for the past five, if not 10 years. You know, how come we can't pool data together and use the power of data to drive the field forward? Everybody's been stovepiped. You can't look at my data. We're not going to combine it with this data. Now we begin to see that that's happening. So whether it's nail and IT, it's litmus, it's nimble, it's it's all of it, uh, I think is, is huge. And then you throw in International Nash Day and where that was five, gosh, when was it started? Four years ago, five years ago? I can't even remember. And it advanced it to where we are today. It's almost like to use the surfing the Nash tsunami. It's almost a tsunami of information that's being provided to patients. And you see huge inroads made by GLI and the Fatty Liver Foundation and others where patient awareness is beginning to grow. And I think it's all going to culminate. Uh, you know, we have two potential drugs that that are in play for potential FDA approval in 2023. One is a beta acid still trying to get across the finish line and then resmeteroma thyroid hormone receptor beta drug. So if we could get to 2023 and have, have one or two of those drugs approved, the groundswell of education that's happening, the knowledge that's growing amongst our, uh, you know, constituents in the field, the providers, and then also, you know, on Capitol Hill and, and those that help us there and around the world. I think there's so much that's happened in the past year, but from my foxhole, the changes we've seen in drug development are going to be pivotal in helping us with future drug development. So, Jorn, why don't we go to you? Following up with uh, what Stephen says, I think the most impressive moments or aspects that happened uh, from my perspective in this year kind of follow up the same line. There have been great conferences and meetings where people got together to discuss how is the field evolving. It started out with NASHTAG where the regulators actually came to sit down that fireside chat with clinical researchers to you know start thinking about the redefinition of those endpoints. And the other meeting we just had recently in Barcelona to pull together all these stakeholders, uh, including nurses, primary care, and endocrinologists to say, you know, what are we going to need to identify these patients? And what are we going to do once we have a drug? You know, how are we going to treat uh, or follow them up? And I think this discussion, that wouldn't have been thought of two or three years ago. We're really advancing to the point where we're ready for fit for clinical practice. And we've got to think about how to implement uh, these changes in everyday life. You know, it's something if you sit in a specialty clinic, Stephen says he's doing this for his living. I, I have a little bit more diversity in my clinical uh, uh, duties, but there is a lot of patients um, still, and only I can offer them is enrolling them into clinical trials or, you know, helping them uh, to the next treadmill or nutritionist. And I think this is going to change very soon. And, and I feel a lot of momentum in the field uh, on that on that level. So the idea of momentum in the field is interesting, right? I mean, I, momentum among the people in the NASHTAG meeting is one thing, but then getting some excitement out into the broader community is, is I think, huge. I also think when you talk about that, I also think of things like the ACE guidelines, the, the that the, the idea being that other societies have started to put more messaging out there, the American Heart Association paper, AGA, that more, more societies have started to put more out there about why this matters. So um, Jeff Lazarus, the first time he came on, said hepatology can't do this alone. But now I'm not sure hepatology has to do it alone entirely. And I think that that reflects energy back on hepatology from the other sources as well. It's, it's an interesting dynamic, I think. Yeah, and it's not physicians that have to do it themselves. And one thing I, I, I wrapped my head around uh, was the Nash nurse uh, we're talking about and uh, you know, something that Louise can maybe follow up on, of course, but we need assistant uh, or supportive uh, disciplines here to really help us uh, tackle this. And now back to Roger. 
We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We will be back next week to preview the 2022 International Liver Congress from Easel. Until then, stay safe and surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. <laughs>